Welcome to the Spirit School of Ministry podcast, where we discuss discipleship in everyday life. Hey there, I'm Bob. That is the masterful Pastor David. <laughs> Extremely masterful, a matter of fact. And this in the middle here is the divine, uh-huh. yes, the extraordinary, maybe the extraordinary Liz Jones, <laughs> our favorite person. Uh-huh. This is why we put her in the wow. middle. She loves this. She loves being put on the spot mm-hmm. because... She is the center of all things. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's, we're, that's a good way today. to start, okay. right? I mean, people are listening. You know, they they got to know what's going on behind the scenes here, and there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind here that yes, we we'll talk about someday. Yes. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Yes. Maybe we're doing it right now. <laughs> oh okay. Gosh. So today we are doing almost a part two. Right? It of, is a part two. It is yes. a part two. Okay. Of stepping into your calling. Mm-hmm. Is that good? Is that right? Like you guys asked me to do the intro. And so step for, into it. Right. So for everybody listening out there, I purposely will do this so bad <laughs> that they will never ask me to do this again. It's that's great. not what happens when you do it bad. You just have to keep doing it until you get better. Mm-hmm. Get better. Yeah. Yes. The trial yes. repeats. Yes. It's kind so of like, it perfect. It's kind of like you're calling. Huh? Right. <laughs> <laughs> just keep trying until you get it right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So listen, you, both of you listen up. Mm-hmm. I have questions for you. Now, in our first time that we met, and I even made some notes just so oh. I could look at these and go, wow. So, yeah. so um, you know, the last time we talked about our calling, I wanted to ask you, and we may have called, you know, covered some of this, but I think it's just an intro to this part so people aren't just tuning in and getting right in the middle. How, Liz, did you find out about your calling? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a tough question, huh? Yeah. It's kind of a process for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like a clear, this is your calling. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, I think I shared about it a little bit. The first one, just kind of not knowing and then waiting for presbytery and then not knowing <laughs> still <laughs> right. and all of that. Um, but along the way, um, and there's different, I don't know, different areas of being called into, right? So with prophetic yeah. ministry... Um, that was one that I didn't realize I was stepping into until much later. The Lord started doing stuff in me when I was younger. That was actually me stepping into my calling, but I didn't know that, hmm. uh, which may sound a little bit weird. So does that sound weird? <laughs> um, and I think this actually, this is, happens quite a bit, like where you're just, you're seeking the Lord. You're trying to be obedient. You're walking in obedience and you don't actually realize that you were already <laughs> stepping into your calling. The Lord was already, you were, the Lord already had you in a process of preparation and equipping and training before you actually understood what it was for. Oh, so like he's priming you. Yeah. I just, it's like, aware. It's, it's very interesting. Cause I think a lot of times we wait like, uh, I got to hear the call and then I'll start doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, the Lord actually will just call you on his own by your spirit to step mm-hmm. into things. And it may not actually become totally clear what that is until later on. Right. But so, hey, is that a little dangerous? Like someone thinking that, you know, they're being prompted by God to step into some calling and they're, they're just assuming. Is that a dangerous place or no? I think it's dangerous if you assume that um, you're being appointed to a position. 
Got it. And um, mm-hmm. and you take it upon yourself that God told me I'm supposed to have this position, and then you try to impose that on everyone around right, you. Right. I think that can be that can absolutely be dangerous. Mm-hmm. But um, God doesn't operate that way. So yeah. okay, so like for me, uh, when I'm talking about looking back and realizing when I started stepping into my prophetic ministry, when I was in my when I was a teenager, I was remember being at. Um, camp. This is a kind of a weird story. So we had these family camps and there was this uh-huh. one afternoon and I had just been like, as when, after I um, like really decided, like, I really want to give my life to the Lord. So that's probably like 15, 16, somewhere on there. And so everyone's like playing and swimming and having a good time. You know, it's like, it's camp and everyone's, yeah. you know, it's great warm afternoon. And I'm sitting there on this bench and all of a sudden this phrase goes through on my mind and it says the strife in the body is grieving the heart of the Lord. And I was like, <laughs> it was so weird, right? Because I'm like looking at this like, is a camp. This yeah, is like no place harmony. For this I mean, like butterflies were flying. You know what I mean? It was like the perfect picture of like everyone being happy and loving each other. And People having a are great eating time. nachos too. Yes. You know, all snack bars open. Like it's a good time. It's right? part of the Lord's return. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there like, and out of the blue, this has never happened to me before. This was the first time this thought goes through my mind. And then it came again. The strife in the body is grieving the heart of the Lord. And, and along with it came this like super heavy, like burden to intercede. And I, it was so weird because it did not match anything I was seeing, feeling, Hmm. uh, experiencing. And so I was like, but it was so overwhelming. So I went to the chapel there and just started interceding for the church. And, um, Anyway, a few months later, <laughs> came out all of this stuff that I didn't know what was happening in our church and yeah. the, the, some key people in our church mm-hmm. and resulted in a church split actually that year. Right. And I had no, I didn't know anything about it. So if to, from in that moment, it was just like I was responding to the heart of the Lord, responding to this overwhelming thing that came, came on me out of the blue. But look, now looking back, I understand that was actually like an initiation into prophetic ministry because prophetic ministry is about hearing the heart of the Lord, hearing his voice and responding to it and being in a place of intercession. Yes. But I didn't know it at that time. You know what right, I'm saying? So right. just to like give a tangible example yeah. of um, stepping into something based on the prompting of the Lord. But I didn't have to. No one prophesied to me about being a prophet. Mm-hmm. No one called me out in a service and mm-hmm. told me I was a prophet. None of that. It was just the the Lord initiated a work in my life that no one had to prompt me into. That's so good. I hope that people listening to this hear that really specifically, that um, with a calling, you're not looking for a position. You're looking for a place, yeah. a, a place to, to be, to operate, yeah. and uh, at what God has for you. And uh, and I think that's where it can become dangerous when people are like you were saying looking for a position, yeah. and uh, in that process they might elbow their way into a position that they don't belong in, mm-hmm. and that's an interesting thing with callings. Because I think there are people that that have done that and have failed in the in the past, yeah. and I hate to see people do that. Yeah. Pastor David, um, I mean, what do you a, got? <laughs> yeah, there can be a sense of entitlement <laughs> that's connected to calling. Mm-hmm. And just because you have a calling, whether it's directly from the Lord, like with Liz and um, some of my experiences with calling coming directly from the Lord, or whether it's somebody prophesying mm-hmm. or whatever it is, you can feel entitled that because I've had that, um, you know, this is going to happen where, and maybe you'll have your idea of how it's going to happen. Uh, but really it is this growth process with the Lord where you're, you're becoming the man of God. You're becoming the woman of God. 
And it's not this, um, this switch that gets flipped right away. It's not something that you, you put yourself into, right? It said that, um, Jesus didn't take the office of high priest to himself. He was appointed a high priest and he was developed for 30 years and he did earthly ministry of service for three years. And now he's in a high priestly ministry for the last 2000 years of interceding. Um, and the Lord did that, even though that's God and man in one person, he was developed. He grew into that. He learned obedience. The Bible says it became fruit that was produced in his life and he didn't take it as an entitlement. He Mm -hmm. was willing to serve. He was willing to grow. Um, he increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. So instead of approaching calling with entitlement, if we were wise, you know, we would approach it with a sense of, um, of wisdom and patience. Right. It says in Hebrews that it's through faith and patience that we're going to inherit all the promises of God. And so if you see that sort of elbowing and, you know, Mm self-promotion, it's not that the person's bad. They might really want to glorify God. Yes. And I think it could come from a a great heart. Mm -hmm. Um, But we want to give that counsel of, hey, be patient and give our own testimony and help people to um, to do what they can where they're at to grow. And prayer is a huge part. I, I love what you said about that, that you began to intercede and ask God. Right. <laughs> you're like, Lord, okay, I think that you're directing me in this way. Can you please give clarity in this? Can you please give me the gifts I need and the anointing I need to do this well? And can you please make me dependent on you no matter how this goes? Because yeah. just because you have a calling, by the way, um, there's not even an entitlement to results there. If right. I have a calling as an evangelist, that doesn't mean that thousands of people are going to get saved. Right. I hope it will. <laughs> it's a, but what it means is that I need to be faithful to God and deliver the gospel. And grace has to mean something to me. Yeah. Um, and so I need to grow in that and deepen in that. I can't be entitled to a position. I can't be entitled to a ministry, to compensation, to funding. I can't be entitled to any of those things because I'm only trying to serve the one that called me. Right. And so all that stuff I just wanted to throw out there because there, um, there are a lot of cancers that are attached to this idea of calling mm-hmm. in the body of Christ. And they have to be cut off. Absolutely. Thank you for saying that. I mean, that's what I was talking about. There are some dangers. Mm -hmm. And I know that um, we've probably heard of other ways people have have come to understand or be called into their calling. And I'm wondering, are there other ways that you've heard people get us get their calling? How how they found out about it, how they, um, you know, how they found out about their calling? Like, I'm sure there's people listening and they may have some inklings. But have you heard of other ways other than the ways you've experienced uh, that people have found out about their callings? Some people's pastors said, hey, we would like you to do this thing. Ah. And they didn't feel the emotional resonance with it, but they were obedient. And they checked it with God in prayer, and they did the best they could at it, and they pursued it, and the Lord built it in them out of pure obedience. So that would require submitting one to another. Mm -hmm. like, And that would actually require like, maybe belonging to a church and uh, being part of that church, not just, mm-hmm. you know, you know, drive by church goer where you're actually bringing yourself into the church right. and uh, submitting to the authority that Holy spirit places in the church, not just individuals. Right. He does. But he has on occasion. <laughs> yes. Are we assuming people know that? Uh, yeah. Well, we, we should, ass- they might we, we shouldn't assume that, but Holy <laughs> yeah. spirit does anoint his church. And, uh, you know, that's the only way it's going to become a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. Yes, Mm -hmm. we know. So the reality is in that situation, I I really like what Pastor David uh, brought up was that you, you may find out your calling 
by assignments that are specifically given to you right. to yes. do. <laughs> right. It's a very interesting, uh, you know, situation there, don't you think? Yeah, it is. I, um, you know, when we talk about like the Holy Spirit, right? He He gives gifts as He chooses, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He places people in the body as mm-hmm. He chooses, as He designs. But so often the placement in the body of Christ comes through people, and we see that in the Word, right? Where they, mm-hmm. it wasn't like just people just decided, I want to be an apostle. I want to be a pastor. I want to have the gifts of service. You know, it's like they actually, the church sought the Lord and said, who, you know, there's this need, who is best to fulfill this need? And, um, we cannot separate Holy spirit from the moving of the church, Mm -hmm. you know, and we have to be willing to trust that part of the way that we are placed into assignment, placed into places of effectiveness in the body of Christ is through people. Yes. And that's okay. That's Mm -hmm. actually how God, designed it to right be. there was one precondition in that in acts 13 when paul and barnabas were separated is that the church was ministering to the lord yeah. through prayer and fasting yeah and so the church that is directed towards glorifying god is going to hear from the spirit and is yeah. going to be able to appoint people if the church is just a structural reality that's trying to fill holes that's not the same thing always um, as knowing directly what the calling of the Lord is. It right. is even, even the leadership of the church must be dependent on Holy Spirit to assign people. But it's sort of a byproduct of worship. It's a byproduct of total purity of heart, seeking the Lord. And then he is going to bring the, the calling. Yeah. And that's what I would say, you know, for me, I was like, I just want to like know the Lord. I want to mm-hmm. make him as glorious as I can to everyone. I want to serve him. I want to share his message. And from that, just from from seeking him and trying to get to know him, all kinds of callings came into my life with the anointing to do them. Right. Um, if I had just tried to be like, okay, what do I want to do? Let me design my best life. That wouldn't be a dependence on the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. So I wanted to throw that out there too, that we always have, We I think we said it in the first podcast, our first calling is to the Lord. Yeah. Our first calling is to mm-hmm. him. Yeah, I think there's such a uh, yielding to your calling that's so required. And um, I think there's such a simplicity and impurity in it too mm-hmm. um, that a lot of times it's missed on people. Mm-hmm. But, and uh, I know uh, the other night we had a small gathering of people who were talking and one of the uh, younger um, leaders in the group was speaking about just their yieldedness mm-hmm. to the people in the group, some of them being their pastors, and to the Lord. And it struck me in that process how um, the purity of that, mm-hmm. like there was a simplicity and a, a goodness involved. And I think it becomes, it could become harder to yield to your calling as you get more knowledgeable and more adept at what you do yeah. and you're not yielded as much. And I don't even know where all that just came from, but <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> but there's, there's a real thing there. I think people who get older in the Lord and they feel like I'm established in my calling, which is not a bad thing. It's not evil on its own, but you can do it just by, um, you know, just mechanically because it's what you do Mm -hmm. rather than, like you said, um, leadership in a church, people of the church itself, um, seeking God, seeking Mm -hmm. for intimate, true relationship with him, seeking to actually hear his inspiration by Holy spirit to be led Mm -hmm. and to, and to direct your life then you're really tapping into your calling. Yes. It's not, it doesn't come, uh, like it doesn't just come down out of heaven and plop on you and there you're done. Right. And just because you did it for a long time and you know how to ride that bike doesn't guarantee that you're doing it correctly at right. that given time. Right. Yeah. And I, um, I think, I think we may have touched on this. Um, you mm-hmm. alluded to it, but 
or your calling is not just what happens here in this life. You have an eternal calling to him. Yeah. yeah. And there is, we can get so short sighted mm. on what is my calling, meaning what is my ministry that I'm supposed to do in my life here? And, and we can get so locked into that and that can become our God mm-hmm. is our calling. Right. And we forget that our calling is to him. And if we understand and we keep that the focus, like, and always like when, when we realize we're getting off, like repent and bring that back to the focus, then we won't actually settle into a place of self-dependency because we cannot depend on ourselves to get to him. Yeah. It all comes through relationship with him. It all comes through complete grace. It all comes yeah. through complete intimacy with him that we cannot supply of our own. So if that stays the foremost thing, then we won't settle into these other places we're talking about of like, I got this, you know, and like, I know what my calling is now. I just do it. It's like, that is a, yes, you may be called to preach. You may be called to teach, but your ultimate calling is to him. And everything else has to come out of that. Everything else has to yield to that. Everything else has to come in second. Yeah. Matter of fact, I would say you can teach, you can preach. You probably could evangelize, probably be an apostle and a pastor without God. Yeah. Without and so your calling is directly linked to him, or without a relationship, or without a relationship, <laughs> you can do the mechanics of it. it matter of yes. fact, you might even be very successful mm-hmm. at it. And a lot of times, people think the success is the uh, is it's the indication that someone's calling, you know, what their calling is, and that they're locked into their calling. But in reality, it it has to go so much deeper, like you said, into an intimate relationship with him. Mm-hmm. So it's not just done by rote and you're just, you know, robotically, I'm just doing, this is what we do, you know, right. and yeah. because that is, um, that's a, to me, I hate to say this, but it's a dead calling. Yeah. It has no life in it, you know, and you could go through an entire life and an entire generation of church life and miss your calling. Mm-hmm. and be a successful church. Mm-hmm. You could become worldwide successful mm-hmm. and still miss your calling, which is a little crazy to actually think about it on that. <laughs> well, you could be called to do stuff you're not good at or successful at. Yes. You don't yes. have expertise at? <laughs> yes. What if you're really good at it? Works. What, what if you're really good at a certain ministry and then the Lord calls you to do something else? Right. It's crazy. You have to do that? Yeah. To I be think obedient? The, I think that the safe, safe place... And I think for leaders, especially in a church, is to see what somebody does and go, that's what they are in God. Because they just do that really well. And that is a component of calling, right? That I'm not disavowing like that's the only, but it's a really safe thing to go, well, they're really a good teacher, so they must be a teacher. And right. that's their calling. Right. Well, that might be a part. Yeah. But if you relegate it just to that, you know, Pastor David is an evangelist. He's our chief evangelist here, and that's all he can do. <laughs> well, apparently he does a little bit more than that, from what I've understood <laughs> at least. You know, he, he dabbles in teaching a little tiny bit. Right. <laughs> he has a tiny bit of knowledge of the word. <laughs> you know, seriously. And then you one know, time he's prophetic. I like, one time I felt like I loved someone. Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. That was like the highest thing I've ever <laughs> you know, know. So we can relegate. Not always. We, we can relegate people uh, to a calling that's driven by outward appearance. 
right? Right. Well, and I mean, knowing Pastor David, it's not the most natural thing in the world for him to be an evangelist. Right. Right. He's he's a very introverted person. (laughs) He would be happy sitting in a library reading books. It's called being a nerd. Right. I mean, like that's, I mean, that's right. That's who you are. That's not, it's not your natural thing to go out and talk to strangers and be, you know what I'm saying? It's not. I hate bothering people. Right. So <laughs> but I've seen him do it. Because you like yeah. being alone. No, yeah. you like, like everyone likes being alone. I wouldn't I want like someone to bother me. Exactly. So I don't want to bother anybody. Exactly. But the Lord's like, why don't you bother him with like eternal life? Oh. Is that bothering you? And I'm, uh, you know. But it's okay. so great that the Lord, you know, I love what you're saying because it's so great the Lord like takes things that we are not naturally right. <laughs> inclined to, gifted in. He's like, yep, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm going to use you because it has to be him then. Right, like it's. <laughs> you mean that whole not many wise. Not exactly. you, know, not, you mean there actually is reality to I that mean, It's funny. It's funny. Yeah. Because, yeah, it and is. now you look at Pastor yeah. David, and everyone's like, "Oh, of course, that's who he is. He's an yeah. evangelist. He's a teacher. He's a preacher." And it's right. Like, and and it's like, it's the grace of God. Like it's the ability of God. It's and it's that is like the wonderful thing. Um, and just like encouraging people who may be listening to this, like it does not depend on your natural abilities. Mm-hmm. It doesn't depend on what you think you're gifted in or what you think you're strong in. It is all about following Holy Spirit to mm. where he's calling you. I'm sure each yeah. one of us could like give examples of. Yeah. Well, this is just triggering one of my favorite scriptures Uh-oh. from the apostle Paul yeah. where he goes, I'm the least of all the apostles. But I worked harder than any of them, <laughs> and I did more than them, but it was the grace of God. Um, and you could just hear his voice because Paul actually invested a lot into his calling. Um, and you could be asked, like like I've been, and like Liz and Pastor Bob have been, to do things that aren't natural to you in the flesh, and you need to work at it. You need True. to bring your responsibility to it. You need to give it. It's Paul said to Timothy, immerse yourself in these things, yeah. and then everyone will see your progress. Um, and you have to give yourself to it. It's not a, just an automatic thing of, oh, I've been called to lead worship. Um, I'm not going to learn the guitar. I'm not going to learn how to sing. <laughs> you know, none of that. Um, you know, I'm not going to learn how to serve people. Um, but you have to actually apply yourself to that and invest yourself and all of yourself in it, what yes. you're called to do. What if you invested only 40% of yourself in what God called you to do? And then the other 60%, you're like, you know what? I want balance of my life. I'm going to invest <laughs> the other 60% in this. And I'm not going to go full bore to be a husband, to be a father, to be a pastor, to be an evangelist, whatever it is. You have to devote to that 100% of your energy. And Paul said, I do it with all of God's energy that he mightily works within me. Um, so we have a role in this. So I just wanted to absolutely say right. that as well. Yeah. You know. I, um, when I, <laughs> so when our church, when we switched to the, from, we should have just a single song leader. Right. And, um, then we back switched the to a, back in those <laughs> anointed days, we switched to the, we ventured into the worship team model. And, um, I remember I somehow ended up in the, in the mix of that. And I was like, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. Like I, <laughs> Uh, and, and I remember talking with our pastors and they're like, we're not, we don't, we're not sure. We're not sure if you have the right personality. We're not sure if you can be on the it's platform. Understandable. Yeah, we're just, cause I mean, at that time, like I was like, I served in the kitchen. Like that's what I did. You know what I mean? It was like, it was, yes. it was not my personality to want to be on the stage, on a microphone in front of people. Right. And so it was really weird. 
when I felt like this, like, oh, oh maybe yeah. I'm supposed to do this thing. And then even then they were like, I don't know if this is your call, mm-hmm. you know? And so they, they gave me a chance, <laughs> mm-hmm. which was very gracious. And, but the, even then it required so much humility because I had so much to learn mm-hmm. um, about how to be in front of people. <laughs> well, I think the first few times was a little uncomfortable because you walked out there with a spatula. <laughs> what's, you what's from the kitchen you I brought, brought your my sponge my dishwashing your sponge what's a spatula is it like a bachelor it's like a bachelor that's a yes hey hey that's New Yorkers I honor you a, yes, I honor you I know you. you do you love me so much but anyone okay so we're talking about stepping into your calling you're you, the Lord may ask you to do something that you are not good at you feel like you are not made for and you are not qualified for. And guess what it requires to, st- to step into that? Humility. Mm-hmm. Because you have to learn. And, uh, you know, if you're in a public ministry like worship leading, you get to learn in front of the whole congregation. That's and that's lots of fun. And sure everyone is. has lots of things to tell, <laughs> to tell you <laughs> about how you're doing. And it is and like this is the glamorous I'm stepping into my calling. It is. Right. It is like trial and error and failing mm-hmm. and being embarrassed and being re- corrected. Be like, Liz, get that look off your face. Everyone can see what you're thinking up there in front of the whole church. And you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's well, like- that never happens with pastors. <laughs> no, you know, you of course don't. not. When, when I started, uh, any of that, when I started preaching, it was like, everyone's like, that was really intense. That was really hard. Oh, there was a lot of judgment in there. There's a lot of judgment. I was like, well, you need to hear it. You know, I was like, yes. like you actually have to like fail a few times. I want to apologize yeah. for Try. saying that to you. <laughs> that was intense. <laughs> yeah. So, hmm. yeah. Well, how about you, Pastor Bob? Yeah. How I did am, you step in and did you like I, just I'm, start walking on water I, right I, away? I immediately came right off the boat into the walking on water. Okay. okay. <laughs> I knew where the rocks were, so that was a very important <laughs> component <laughs> of it. <laughs> and then when he called you off the rocks, it got really scary. Um, yeah. How did I step in? Um, I would say there was a, um, because I came, unlike you two who were born holy, mm-hmm. born saved, mm-hmm. born in church life and all that. Yes. Sanctified. Um, sanctified. I was an unwashed heathen. (laughs) (laughs) And I just barely got saved along the way. Uh, So when I came out of walking in the world uh, at that level, um, it was such an intense cleansing and change in my life that that one thing that you started talking about, that um, yielding um, and humility component, which I think was the last time I actually experienced humility, which is a really mm. sad situation. But it, um, that hit pretty intensely for me. And I um, I wanted to do whatever God wanted. Mm. Like I wanted to apply myself to God and, and, and press into whatever. And it didn't matter. It didn't have to have a, you know, some of my fondest memories of first coming to Jesus, because I'm sure we have people listening who are just coming to Jesus, just coming to a church. And some old farts like me that have been there too long. But mm-hmm. so, but when I first came, um, I really, I wanted to do whatever I could do for him. And some, some of my fondest memories of serving and calling, for mm-hmm. that matter, mm-hmm. was actually cleaning the house of the Lord. Yeah. Like, I know that sounds weird. Like, no. I've, you've been called to clean the house of the Lord. And... Um, and actually later on, spiritually, it turned out to be that also, which was weird. I mm. didn't see it coming, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it happened that way. And, um, but early on it was like, I, I yielded to it 
uh, back when I was perfect. Since then, <laughs> things have crept in. It's been bad, Liz. <laughs> no, <laughs> but but I, I'm trying to be um, as um, transparent and open and yeah. honest about that because that mm-hmm. it was it's serious, it's real, and uh, without that yieldedness. I don't believe you'll ever fully embrace your calling. Yeah. You won't. And if you have an expectation about your calling, like your calling is supposed to serve you, yeah. then you're going to miss your calling. Absolutely. Like you totally miss it. I don't know where that came from, but it's true. It is. Yeah. That's the absolute truth. Or that other, uh-huh. the church exists for you to fulfill your calling. Yes. That's a, that's a brutal one. You need people to preach to. <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> Well, there's some people that are like, I need a place to preach. I'm like, because as a preacher, I'm like, go to the street corner. Yes. There's all kinds go of people. Go to the there. prison. You know what? Go I to the say? prison. Go to your mirror. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> preach go to, to your family. To start. Go to your family. Go well, to your that, family. that might not work too well, but you might want to be careful uh, you know, with that one. You'll experience what Jesus experienced. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His brothers and sisters really didn't like him. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, but, I think uh, what you're saying yeah. is is so true. And I know this is one of the questions, you know, people ask, well, how do I actually start? How do I start? Right. You know, and it is How did you start? That's my next question for you. Well, uh, uh, you you had a couple, but I want to know. I want to know so now. Incredulous. Matter of like, fact, I want it. I want it in. I want it laid down. Item one. Item two. Yes. Item one. <laughs> item two. Well. Well. <laughs> well. <laughs> okay. Um. In, okay. So like teaching ministry. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. when I was young, I would help in the junior church, teaching there. Yeah. This is before I knew I was called to be a teacher. Um, and then I remember like we had a, a girls class that I would go to and every oh, now yeah. and then they would ask us to come, like come prepared to teach something. Yeah. Um, but every time I had an opportunity to teach, I took it really seriously. I actually didn't realize that I was so odd mm. <laughs> because I would show up with like a full teaching and like mm-hmm. a worksheet for everybody. <laughs> and, like, and they and wanted they would... <laughs> to give you three minutes. <laughs> yeah. And Slane's like, do... wow, you really prepared. And I was like, I thought that's what we were supposed to do. That was, <laughs> I guess that's just how I'm wired. Yeah. But, um, and it really was just taking whatever opportunity presented itself. I took it seriously mm-hmm. and developed. And I spent a lot of time in the word in my own time, learning yeah. the word and preparing. And it wasn't yeah. like I was preparing for a calling. I would just wanted to know the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted yeah. to know yeah. the word and I wanted to have something to be able to share with people. Yeah. And, um, so like just getting to really practical things for people who are asking, okay, like I've, I either, I sense from the Lord that I'm, called to something or I have prophetic word that I'm called to something, but I'm waiting for someone to give me a position. It's like, man, just look for the opportunities that are right in front of you. Cause if you're really looking to serve, you will see there are so many needs that can be filled yeah. and it does not require anybody appointing you to anything. Mm-hmm. Right. It just requires you seeing the need and being willing to meet it. But also being willing to go through the preparation process in your private time. And that's what I would say is so critical, probably more than anything else about how you step into your calling is that you dedicate your private life to the Lord and allow him to develop you that's so there good. Yeah. because yeah. without that, it doesn't matter what opportunities people could open door after door after door after door for you. And you will not be ready you won't, you won't have be equipped. You won't be, your character won't be developed. You won't have the anointing of God in your life that comes out of the pressing of the, the secret place. Wow. Well, I want to attest to the truth that Liz is saying, because even now what she brought out from back then in teaching Dave is she, 
uh, she's so usually ready for teaching that if I ask her like, hey, uh, what do you think about teaching on this subject? And she comes back with, I have a curriculum for a year long project. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Absolutely. I was thinking three minutes edification mm-hmm. <laughs> comfort. And she's got this, you know. But I think it's a, a thing that you that you develop in you. You actually have developed in you. And and actually I think you gave some key points there for people to really tap into because it's really out of your the abundance mm-hmm. of your relationship with him, uh, to be taught of him first yeah. and to come out of that time with him that teaching with him that instruction with him that's understanding from him that we really are able to give and that means yeah. not just in teaching but in right. all of the aspects of ministry and callings um you, to be able to give from what we've received mm-hmm. um is such a uh, critical essential part of us walking with god and being if not just effective ministers but effective at walking out our calling yeah. It's a history with God and it's a current practice. Like Jesus mm-hmm. said, every scribe of the kingdom of heaven brings out of his treasures both what is old yes. and what is new. Yes. And I think for any calling, I want to encourage you to be a scribe, yeah. right? A scribe was somebody that knew the scripture and that knew prayer and the presence of God. And they, mm-hmm. could, they could integrate all those teachings. They could integrate what the Lord had spoken. And you need to be a scribe, whether you're a miracle worker or an administrator or a teacher yes. or a pastor or an evangelist or whatever, or deliverance minister. The demons yes. really don't like when you bring the word at them. Right? Not at you all. Know, so it's right. like you gotta, you gotta be a scribe because then you have treasure to bring out. Yeah, and so it, you, yeah, hopefully it's not just old treasure from 20, 10 years ago right. when you could spend time right. with Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's gotta have new stuff coming in. And you cannot shortcut that. Like people want a That's calling right. to shortcut the scriptures and the presence there's of God. There's not a really the prayer right. digest version of that, an accelerated, you know, three <laughs> no, days. No, even I'm done. for the apostles, oh. he's like, hey, we need to devote ourselves to the word of God in prayer. Hmm. But you need to devote yourself to that. Mm-hmm. Even if your calling is in the business world, which is right. just as legitimate, you should mm-hmm. devote yourself to be a scribe. Yeah. Even if you're not that good you at know, reading, the, the Lord might call <laughs> you to do something you're not good at, which is reading. Yeah, that's an interesting. <laughs> that's that's an interesting term that Dave, Pastor David, brought up about scribe. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe some people listen and don't even know what a scribe is, possibly. But I just I mean, explained it. To someone that what's that? <laughs> yes. I just explained. You it. did explain Book it. of Ezra. But yes, <laughs> where you know you're, uh, and there's an interesting that thing that happens there when you're actually reading and writing. Yeah. the word of God, mm-hmm. that it starts to uh, get imparted into you at a, a whole different level. And there's a, a lot of times now where people, they try to shortcut things uh, and maybe do it just audibly or not at all. They just wait to hear from somebody else and then can just repeat what somebody else said mm-hmm. rather than spend the time with God and have him write on your heart mm-hmm. what you're writing. And and see how that comes out later, because yes, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth does speak. But something's got to be in there, yeah. and it's got to be in abundance. It can't be just you know your well, shortchange people. Yeah. Then in Ezra, one of my favorite verses, yeah. it said Ezra set his heart to study the law of the yes. Lord, to do it, and to teach its laws and statutes in Israel. Yeah. So you must study and do. That's like the, that's the yeah. first calling. Right. That's going to inform everything that you teach others, whether you're teaching that's them good. through miracles or through evangelism or through praise leading, whatever you are teaching them, you're, you're teaching them and you are calling them. You're calling, God's calling to you. 
is really to call others to him. Yes. And how are you calling them? What are what message are you putting out? You have to devote yourself to that. Mm-hmm. You got to know it. <laughs> so, right. got have yeah. knowledge of God. I love that. Right. And understanding that your calling is not to build you, it's to build the church mm-hmm. and to serve people. And mm-hmm. if you get that Amen. <laughs> uh, understanding, then you won't be so um, fixated on fulfilling your calling. It will more be about using whatever gifts and abilities you have to fulfill God's mandate of building the church. So you're saying that (laughs) your calling is not limited. And I'm sure there's people out listening to this or will be listening to this that believe that callings are limited to ministry or to clergy in a church. Mm. What do you guys think? Well, what do you think? How do you, how do you embrace your calling both Um, as a clergy and as a business mm. person? So, the way I always looked at my calling is you could strip me of all my titles and I would still be that, (laughs) right? I don't need a title to be the pastor that I am Mm -hmm. uh, or the prophet that I am Mm -hmm. or the teacher that I am or the apostolic component that's on my life. Mm -hmm. I don't need those titles. Those are not, those are really secondary. If you're asking me now, I'm asking you is, (laughs) is, is, what do you do with people? Liz, how do you speak to someone out there who feels like um, or has had that mindset that their calling is somehow attached to um, a ministry or being in clergy of some form, being a, you know, a leader in a church someplace or something like that? How do you deal with somebody like that, that that's where they're, they're at? Um, well, I think just reminding everyone that the Bible was not written to just people who are in right. uh Clergy, or <laughs> yeah, clergy, <laughs> clergy. Such a weird I know. word. I'm sorry. Uh, it's an old Let's school it word. It's great. It's ministry, ministry yeah. full time ministry. <laughs> yes. Um, that actually, the the <laughs> a job of the minute clergy mm. is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry wherever they are, and so the mm. uh, each calling is actually to build each other to be equip each other to do what we are supposed to do in the earth. And that could be anywhere. Yeah. I mean, when you say clergy, I just think of Mr. Collins, Pride and Prejudice. He's just like the most boring, the most boring, <laughs> tedious, horrible <laughs> individual. So creepy. Uh, it is a creepy mm. word. Isn't it? But, we like that. Yeah. Um, the Lord is sending us into the world. Mm. We're in the world. We're not of the world. Um, and it's completely not just for clergy. I mean, if it has to be, then be the clergy at your school or at your job or yes. in your family. Actually, you are. <laughs> yes. Guess what? Because First Peter two nine says yes. we are a royal priesthood. Yes. We are clergy, if you want to say it that way. Yes. Um, you are all clergy. Yes. <laughs> Whoa. We can ordain did all of you. Did you just ordain the entire, <laughs> everybody is listening. Wow. That's awesome. You will never be accepted back into the Catholic Church. <laughs> okay. Because you you're just, doing that. You went off the deep end. I know, end. I know. Um, yeah. <laughs> but no, you can't be, um, you have a wrong attitude as a leader if you see like the laity. The people who yes. are just attending the, the church. The little people. Yeah. Uh, yes. And you have the wrong idea if you pigeonhole yourself into that as someone right. who is part of the body of Christ. But don't you think people do that? That they oh, pigeonhole? Completely. Yeah, that they like. I'm a foot. I wish right. I was a mouth. Right. And so my call, <laughs> that's not my calling. So I should do nothing. 
and yeah. wait for my calling uh, to come from heaven. Yeah. Well, there are some. Okay. So, like, yeah, there are some specific callings that are to everyone. The Great Commission right. to make disciples. That is to everybody. Ooh, amen. That will. That's, that's to kind everybody. Of a, that's kind of a big. That's kind calling. of a big calling. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like. I mean, there, very and few people do that calling. Actually, it's like when yeah. You think the about it. Um, the assignment to uh, you know cast out demons, heal mm. the sick, like those are to everybody. There are assignments that are not dependent on what your what you think your ministry is. They are because you're a believer. You have a calling to walk like Christ on the earth. If we could just focus on that, we'll be doing well. What if somebody? Right? <laughs> what if somebody came and was like, "What's your calling?" You're like, "I'm called to raise the dead." Yeah, there you yes. go. I'm called to be like Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I'm called to be one with Christ. Those are pretty decent callings. I'm, so I now mean, you're touching really, into really what callings are. Right. And how they actually yeah, manifest. Uh, yeah, we yes. do get so locked into like, what is, is it this? Is it this? And this is like my narrow lane that I operate mm-hmm. in and I can't do anything mm-hmm. outside of that. And if I'm not called to it, if someone doesn't prophesy over me, then I can't do that. And I mm-hmm. can't, I can't go encourage this person because I'm not called to be an encourager. You know, it's like now. Is let me Christ ask. in you? Yeah. So <laughs> there's some people ask. who really aren't called to be encouraged. Yes. <laughs> I've met a few of them. I don't have the gift of mercy. So off with your head. <laughs> did you just do the chop? I did the You just chopped off a lot of evil. You just ordained no, everybody. Really, and I, know, I know we're kind of making a little joke here, but it yeah, is like. Um, I don't know, man. It's just something that Christianity gets so locked into. Yes. What is my calling? What do I do with my life? You're called to give your life the mm. way Jesus did. He said, yeah. I give my life as a ransom for many. Like that's, I come to serve and not to be served. It's like there's, mm, uh, I'm poured out mm. as a drink offering. Like Paul said, that is really the calling here is whatever it is on my life that I can give to someone else mm. to propel them into relationship with God and to call them deeper into the fullness of who they are and to break chains off, you know, to, <laughs> sorry, I'm like going for it. But, Gotta go but for like it. to loose the <laughs> loose chains to open prison doors, yeah. like that's that's the fast mm. that we've chosen, right? It's like yes. there's let's just get out of like the smallness <laughs> of am I called to be a worship leader? It's like what? Okay, sure you are. Now what are you gonna do? Yes. You're just gonna lead worship, or are you gonna like? Are you can, can you still serve people? Can you still deliver people? Can you still heal people? Can you still preach the truth to them? Can you still love them? You know, it's like what is what is this? Does you love it, Dave? We put her in the middle because she gets going. The Holy Spirit, like, kind of goes. I'm trying not to knock over my yeah, coffee. She's usually <laughs> worried about me being a klutz with it. She's like getting excited. She's throwing things I know, across. I oh, thank you, Lord. That, that was, I love it. That was really good. It was really encouraging. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, people think like, and people think people can take their callings from them. Right. Or like, <laughs> or prevent it. Yeah, right? prevent it. I mean, they're it's not, not that. letting me step into my calling. Read about Joseph. Read about David. Read yep. about Jesus. You know, read about people in the Bible. So, are you telling yeah. me then that when you have a calling, it's guaranteed? In some sense. <laughs> in some sense. Yeah. The guarantee yeah. is that the calling is yours, and it's irrevocable. Right, but it's mm-hmm. not. There's no. Well, for example. Someone walks into our church, walks up to, you know, Liz and says, you shall be an apostle to the nations. Is there a guarantee there? Well, that's what I was saying before is that there's no guaranteed result there. Right. You have to partner with it. You have responsibility. You have to believe. You have to walk with Jesus. But the calling is from God. The gifts along with it, the anointing along with it. 
and somebody can operate as a false prophet, mm -hmm. a false apostle, right? They can be doing the things that God's gifted them and called them to do, but their heart is false. Like they're not in love with Jesus. They're not, yeah. they don't know their eternal calling. They don't know they're called to discipleship, like Liz was mentioning before. They don't embrace that. And we can do that. That's a danger. You can come to the Lord yeah. and say, Lord, Lord, I did mm -hmm. my calling. And he's like, I didn't know you. I wanted to know you, you know? Yeah. So we, there is a, an invitation that the Lord gives. To, you have to accept it. Yes. <laughs> Go after yeah. him. Right. Well, it's I would say too mm -hmm. that you need to make sure that what you think is your calling is actually your calling. Right. <laughs> so, and make it sure. And can you make sure of that all on your own? <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, okay. No. I see where we're going with this. Yes. So <laughs> you may have a visitation from the Lord where he puts mm. a mantle on your shoulders and commissions yes. you, right? Like Jesus nice. walked in the room and did it Yeah, himself. and you, that's awesome. And you're showing him a mantle from 2,000 <laughs> years ago. Like, yes. Let me show you something from the back. <laughs> you... <laughs> have got to submit that to the people that the Lord has entrusted to watch over your soul and that he has put an authority in your life. Uh. That's first and foremost. And that goes for someone walks into your church and calls you to be an apostle to the nations that has to be judged. That has yes. to, there's a submitting of that, that has to happen. And we cannot get so attached to something that we're hoping for, that we are afraid to submit it for judging. Yeah. Yes. Because people are put in our lives to prevent us from being shipwrecked, which we can do really easily out of just the desires of our own heart or our hopes or our dreams or the things. And they can be great things we're hoping for. Right. But it's like, if you know, you have to first and foremost, people are kind of contending for my calling. Well, where did that calling come from? Right. And was it confirmed by anybody? Mm -hmm. Or was it just right. something that only you know about and now you're frustrated because mm -hmm. no one's letting you walk in it? Yeah, this interesting. You use that word. I'm contending for person. Like I'm contending for my calling, which brings me actually to the very next thing I wanted to talk to you about. You know, out of Peter, he talks about make your calling and election sure. I want to read you a version of it that says Second Peter one ten. Make every effort to bear down and commit to your calling. Mm. I mean, think about it in those terms. You know, making your calling and election sure. Yeah. So there are callings. There are elections. But we have a component that's required of us. We must join ourselves to the, our calling, mm -hmm. and then we must bear down on the calling. Yes. There's a yielding and a giving, uh, applying ourselves to it. What do you guys think about that? Now, I will just be <laughs> mm -hmm. the other side of this is that you can run from your calling a lot, and God will keep inviting you back. He'll keep bugging you. He'll keep getting you swallowed by whales and shipwrecking you and coughing you back up at the shores of Nineveh. And a lot of times I've run from certain things um, and I wasn't really trying to make it sure. I wasn't giving it all diligence. And the Lord's very merciful. He's like, hey, why don't you get up mm -hmm. and try again? But at some point, you got to go preach to Nineveh. <laughs> at some point, you got to walk in there and you're bleached, your skin's bleached white from the whale and you're going, repent, right? And people are like, whoa, like you've been changed by this process and this walk that you've had with God. Um, yeah, you have to be willing to water that seed. A lot of the callings and the, the gifts that you get, they mm -hmm. come in a seed form. They have to be grown. You have to cultivate that. Well, let me ask you, because I know there's people thinking this, both of you can answer this. So in light of the scripture out of, out of Peter, mm -hmm. can you earn your calling? No. 
no, you can't earn anything. Right. <laughs> this is Christianity. I wanted, I wanted to say that because I wanted to ask that because I believe there's a, a kind of a worldly component mm-hmm. of Christianity that's creeped in in some ways yeah. where if I just get enough education in a certain area, mm-hmm. I will have earned my my mm. calling just like I earned a degree. Yeah. So I earned a degree in theology. So obviously my calling is to be a pastor or a scholar. You know, mm-hmm. I earned my degree in uh, some kind of psychoanalysis, Christian flavor. So now I'm a counselor. Right. Right. That's my calling. That's right. and I'm not saying that we don't don't apply ourselves to earning things like that because they may in fact be our calling but do you how do you feel about that i mean it seems to me from my limited point of view here (laughs) that there's a lot of christianity that's leaning into this world concept uh, worldly concept of i can earn it Mm -hmm. i just have to apply myself harder to it Mm -hmm. without any real calling to it and how do people how do people deal with that I know that's a hard. I just brought you guys into deep end right there. Um, yeah. Right. Well, I have something where I don't. Okay. Yeah. I think <laughs> people can have such a desire for the Lord, um, and it can be a really good motivation where they're going to go after that theological degree and they're going to go after those things um, because they just they love Him so much and they they want to mm-hmm. serve Him. They want to learn that. Um, maybe they're being called a different direction. If that if their heart is open to the Lord, He will refine that. He'll He'll direct yeah. them. He'll streamline it, and He'll lead them to the ultimate calling, which we always talk about, which is to show Jesus, yeah. the fullness of Jesus. Right. Um, he will never deny you that. And I just I wanted to just speak this before Liz talks on it. Is that people? Um, you're like I have a desire. I have such a burning desire, and God just keeps saying no. God just keeps diverting me. Other people keep saying this isn't what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. God will never say no to the fullness of Jesus which is the highest calling that you could possibly have to raise the dead, to preach the gospel, to make disciples. You have to keep that at the forefront and go after that with everything. Make that sure, like suffer for that. Be broken for that. Be emptied for that. He will not say no. Ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock, it will be open to you. Keep going after it. Um, But like Liz said, use wisdom (laughs) and be in fellowship with people who can speak in and say, why don't you redirect a little bit? Hmm. Why don't you realize what God is speaking to you? But that desire is a wonderful, wonderful thing. If somebody is driven like that, I don't think Satan would drive you to study the Bible more. or He would drive right. you to want to be equipped to pastor people and counsel people. That's coming from God. You have to just embrace that he's making you like Jesus and be okay with that, that yeah. God's leading you where you need to be. Yes. And and like I said, I don't want to put anything bad on going and getting education in theology and all of the, those are wonderful things. They're, they're, they're from God, you know, Mm -hmm. and you can be taught of the Lord in all of those Mm -hmm. components. We understand that. Um, but to, uh, have that supersede how God Mm -hmm. actually does things, then Mm -hmm. it becomes an issue. I actually want to continue this talk. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, I have other questions for you, and I'd like to hear Liz uh, speak a little bit if you want Absolutely. to on this also. So we should continue this. Yeah, um, when you're talking about you know earning, <laughs> earning, mm-hmm. a, earning a calling. Um, yeah, the answer is absolutely no. You don't earn anything in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there is also uh, there is the uh, corporate mentality that that sneaks in also of like if I do good enough, I can progress up the spiritual gift totally. ladder, oh, yeah. right? Or the dog the, eat dog wor- world. Yeah, yes. and it's and I don't <laughs> the bridge know to freedom people... from Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it it has crept into the church, and I don't know if we're actually aware of it that um, there is this mentality of, well, I can start here, and then if I'm good enough here, then I can move up to this position, and then I can move up to this, like, right, a start prophecy, and then I can move up to the gift of prophecy, then I can move up, <laughs> up to the mantle prophet. It's like, that's not, that's not actually how it works, because those are all very different things. Mm-hmm. And um, it can lead to a lot of disappointment. Yes. With, if that's what people are expecting mm. or if that's what people believe that they deserve, like you mm. were talking about entitlement earlier, it can bring a lot of frustration and actually result in bitterness because people feel that they have put in <laughs> the time, they've put in the effort, they've put in the service. Mm-hmm. And so they deserve to be appointed to a certain position or to a certain calling and why well, start out as a teacher and then I become an evangelist and I become a pastor and mm-hmm. then a prophet and then an apostle is the highest of all. And it's like, that is not scriptural at all. Those right. are different. It's like, you know, if you're looking like tools, it's like, well, I start out as a hammer and then I move up to a saw. Right. It's like, that's it not, work. it's, it's just very, very different than how the Lord views things. Mm-hmm. And we have to be really careful that we don't adopt worldly ideas of promotion and success sounds like christian event uh, evolution yeah <laughs> Species it is. well jumping. it is and if i'm just good enough at yeah. the, i'll just serve until someone notices me and then puts yes. me in my real calling wow. and it's like no that is your like <laughs> that is your calling is yeah. serving and no matter what <laughs> place ministry in the world, whatever God places you in your minute, your highest calling is to know him and to serve. I just like to be alone with God. I just wish people would leave me alone with God. But then he was like, Hey, why don't you come out and do this? I'm like, all right, Lord. I just, I hope people have that heart. Like I, I hope that they're like, you know, if I just have the Lord, that's enough. Like if I can just be in his beauty and in his temple, and meditate on him. That's enough for me. Well, hopefully it is enough because <laughs> eternally, yeah. you're not going to have your ministry to, oh, you know, point. the they way don't it last, is now. No. They, you know? they disappear, I mean, don't they? I believe we're <laughs> occupying and doing business in heaven, but right. it's just if the if God is not enough to satisfy us now, right. and we need something else beside him mm-hmm. to fulfill us, right. we are not prepared for eternity. <laughs> so this is part of that whole world thinking that I mentioned earlier where uh, – we can view Christianity like climbing up the corporate ladder, yeah. right? You earned, and so you got there. Mm-hmm. The converse then becomes true. True. Right? Yeah. Which people don't want to think about that because then, which is my next thing, mm. can you lose your calling? <laughs> if you could earn your calling, then can you lose your calling? And I, I and like I say, I'm, I'm asking these just uh, general strange questions just because I know that goes through people's minds, whether they know it, uh, you know, are really alerted to it or is something just passes through or maybe something the enemy of their soul puts on them too. Like if I don't strive enough for this, yeah. I'm going to lose my calling. I'm going to lose, lose my place. Mm. And the, he's, God's not really interested in you striving. He's really more interested in you yielding. Yeah. And there's major component differences to that. So what, how do you talk to someone, Pastor David, about um, you know uh, losing their calling? And here's a couple of things that came to my mind. 
you know, can you give up, abandon, and not give attention to your calling? What sure. happens with all those things? Sure, you can fail to persevere. Yeah. You need to encourage people, like exhort them. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is what you're called to do. Let me do it with you, by the way. <laughs> you know, you want to go out, like, how, how can I help you? Like, that's what we're doing, um, being filled with the Holy Spirit, who's the one who comes alongside. We're encouraging people. Like, God is not giving up on you. Don't give up on him. Yeah. When you're faithless, he remains faithful. His gifts and callings are irrevocable, Romans 11. Mm-hmm. He's not going to take them back. But you can pull back. Uh, there's a parable where Jesus said many people were called and invited to a feast. Mm-hmm. I believe it's Luke 14. But all of them made excuses. Yes. Said, I got to do this. I got a wife. I got oxen. I got mm-hmm. fields. I got a house. I, I, please excuse me from my calling, from mm-hmm. this feast, from this amazing thing that the guy um, was inviting them to. And what Jesus said is that many are called and few are chosen. Yes. Okay. So you, that's God's choice to invite you and your choice has to be to respond. But sometimes we need people to say, look, this thing's dying in your life. I call it back to life. Oh, that's good. We have to speak that. They like, I speak to the prophet in you. I call it back to life. Yeah. And people will be like, Oh yeah, I forgot. There was a time God called me to do that. Now I'm off doing X, Y, Z. It can't guarantee people will listen to that. But like God with Jonah, he gives them opportunity after opportunity to get back on the train. And, yeah. you know, it says um, someone was speaking, uh, I think it was Joab. He, was, <laughs> um, he spoke and said, uh, God always has a way for his beloved to come home, hmm. for his banished one to come home. Yeah. So we always have to invite people and exhort them and say, hey, if you need any help, I'm here for you. Like, you don't feel you can teach, I'll meet with you and I'll you know, here's some books, mm-hmm. like here's, here's some sermons, here's like some opportunities and us in ministry can help people mm-hmm. launch into that calling. Cause a lot of times they will not, it's not enough one by one. Jesus sent them two by two. Yeah. So I, this is important. Um, Liz kind of playing off of that. And he used a couple of words that I, were interesting to me. And I actually, we're going to ask you about mm-hmm. is when we're talking about calling, do you see calling as an invitation or an appointment? Or are you going to give me that yes answer? <laughs> <laughs> I do see it. I do see it first as a calling or invitation. An invitation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a call to mm-hmm. you to see how you will respond. Kind of like, um, you know, Elijah and Elisha, mm-hmm. like Elijah mm-hmm. throws his mantle on, um, we'll call him Alicia. That's easier to distinguish, <laughs> but, um, as an invitation. And then there was a process, um, and training. And then there was an appointment. Yeah. And so I do think that it is, it is both, but not necessarily at the same time. I think that there is a, um, a process, there is a preparation, there's a proving, you like that process, preparation, that proving. So oh, did you do three P's I right did, in a row there? I did. Just like, like off the top of your head? Did you I have know. those written down Spirit somewhere? Spirit of Pastor yeah. David came oh, upon man. me. Mm. Um, wow. That's all I uh, just be close I, to him that happens. Uh. <laughs> so I think appointment is awesome, you know, when it um when it comes out of those things. Um my phone is buzzing. Oh, I, I'll show you later fail. how to turn that Thank off. Thank you. <laughs> you. My were goodness, called. my calling. You were went calling. Wait a you, would you like me to throw it? <laughs> that, was, that was my calling. Your appointment. <laughs> my, was my your appointment. <laughs> you missed your calling right there. <laughs> Be late That's for great. my appointment. You declined <laughs> your call. <laughs> 
<laughs> Did you just text God and say, I can't talk now? <laughs> what if that was the Lord? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it wasn't. It was unknown. Mm. Unknown number. Oh, that would be him. He's the, the unknown, unknown God. God. Oh. Ooh, yeah. Wow. Way to go, dude. Okay. We're wow. All, we're all together. <laughs> I do think, Hi. though, <laughs> that there are times when people will receive an appointment and it's not their calling. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just we don't have to go there because that'll right. probably ruffle we're, too many feathers. We're gonna get into a lot of feathers there. Um that's good. I have other things I wanted to talk to you about concerning this, and a couple of them are like this. Um is a calling a fo- uh, a focusing or narrowing down in some way? Of course. Yeah. If you're called to some things, like I said on uh-huh. other podcasts, there's other things you're not called to then. You have to choose, right? So like yeah. Elisha that you mentioned, <laughs> got to burn the oxen and the yokes and uh, and uh, and follow the prophet, right? There were a whole life he said goodbye to and his focus was narrowed. Um, and I do want to say hmm. one other thing is that there is an effectual call of God. There is a time where God powerfully just calls you and the, the grace to respond is just in that call. Mm-hmm. And so the apostle Paul encountered that on mm-hmm. the road to Damascus. Mm-hmm. He was going to kill Christians and all of a sudden he's in the synagogue preaching Jesus. So mm-hmm. that's how we get saved. There's this effectual call of God that's so powerful. Um, but as we go on in our life, there's so many ways that he matures us and so many choices he gives us and so many ways that he invites us. And he does set appointments, divine appointments. Right. Yeah. And you can either show up to that appointment or you can be like appointments with that guy. I don't I'm not going to go in there. Um, and you can take them or not, but he'll set those appointments mm. um, and you can go or not. Mm. <laughs> so I, uh, I forgot. I wanted to say something about your, uh, your question earlier. Oh, please. About do. losing it, your losing. Mm. I, my mind went away for a minute. It's okay. it gets back now. Well, you got calls coming from Jesus <laughs> that you're ignoring. <laughs> so distracted. Of course you ignore my questions. <laughs> About whether or not you can lose your lose yes, your calling. Yes. Um. Uh, what I believe <laughs> is that your calling cannot be taken from you from by somebody else. I believe that the Lord gives a calling. He gives an invitation, mm. and if you bring yourself to that and you bring your faith to it and you trust Him for it and you don't try to make it happen in your own strength, but you really rely on Him, He will mm. uh, bring it to pass. He will bring you into that place, mm. and no one can actually stop that from happening. And we see that like with the story of Joseph, right? Like he, yes. there wasn't um, anything that anyone could do to him actually that mm. prevented him from stepping into his calling, but he kept his heart right with the Lord. Yeah, He kept his life right. He walked in integrity. He mm-hmm. walked in um, character and righteousness. Yes. And so he kept himself um, committed to his calling, even when other people around him um seemed like they were being hmm. obstacles. They were yeah. actually being um, catalysts <laughs> for yeah. his, yeah. for the calling of the Lord in his life. So I just wanted to speak that hmm. to people because sometimes we can feel like hmm. everyone around us is blocking us from being able to step into our hmm. calling. And that's never actually the case. If you are walking in faith with the Lord, you're walking in obedience, you're walking in integrity, all those character things that he wants to develop in you, you're allowing him to do. He will, um, bring you into what he created you for. That is what he started in you. He will bring to completion. That's that's who he is. So um, no one can steal it from you. Is what I'm what I'm saying there. Uh, yeah, I it love takes it. Faith. It's it does take faith. Yeah. Um, the the scripture in Romans eight talks that you know all things work together good for those that mm-hmm. love God 
And there's this giant and, mm-hmm. <laughs> this giant conjunction in there, mm-hmm. and are called according to his purpose. I b- believe implied in that is there has to be a response to the call, just like there has to be a response that that's what actually initiates you loving God. There's a yeah. response to his wooing, his call. Yeah. And uh, so I believe that, like you were saying, you could, uh, you won't lose your calling, mm-hmm. but you you could give up on pressing into it. Yeah. You Drift. Know? Well, Drift, yes. Yeah. That's a, so, sorry, I have a lot to say on this. <laughs> oh, no, go for apparently. it. I want you to go for it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you, you can miss strategic opportunities for the Lord to use you mm-hmm. also. Um, okay, so like Esther, Mordecai is telling Esther, look, if you don't do this, the Lord will raise someone else up. Right. But you will have missed your mm-hmm. opportunity to do what you were created for. Yes. Yeah. So th- this is a weird yes. thing because look, like we're saying, well, Saul look, too. no one Saul, no one can take your calling from you. Mm-hmm. But you um you can choose to reject it. You can choose to um, not allow the Lord to develop in you like Saul, what God mm-hmm. wanted to develop in him. He started out, he started pressing into some things prophetic and you know, being mentored by Samuel. And then he pulled back. He pulled back from those things. Yes. And so mm-hmm. I just want to like, um, we have to, there has to be some fear of the Lord that we're operating in. You think so? <laughs> <laughs> when we're talking about the calling of God, because right. it's not, I can do whatever I want and my calling will just happen anyway. Right. And Wonderful. I can just put it all, put it off for years and do what I mm-hmm. think is good. And then I'll come back to it and it will still be there. There will be, you know, if you repent and you come back, the Lord will still use you. He will still allow you to function in, in the things that he's called you to, but you may have missed opportunities Absolutely. that he created for you and strategic times when he wanted you to be in place and you weren't there. I think that's yep. uh, really speaks to us because we're people on the earth and we live in time. Mm-hmm. We're not living in eternity with God right now. Mm-hmm. Some so, people don't yeah. really live in time. Yeah. They just live whenever they want to, whenever they places. want to. But when you're, li- when you're living in time and limited by time, which God has given us, that's why you have, you know, there's opportunity, if you will, from God to receive him for that matter, right? I mean, you can't go, well, there are people who believe that, right? Well, I'll just receive him after yeah. I Ooh, after I die. That hardens you every time mm-hmm. you do Ooh, that. Ooh, baby. And it's interesting because these scriptures in Romans 8 that we talked about, you know, mm-hmm. uh, all things working together for good and love, you know, love God mm-hmm. called according to purposes. He goes on right from there into predestination and all those kind of mm-hmm. things, which are really crazy theological uh, we can get into all sorts of stuff there, but it, the reality is nothing's guaranteed. Yeah. It's not guaranteed. And if you look at it like it's guaranteed, you could step away from your stuff and, uh, and just, and not take, like you were saying, the opportunities that God presented in time. Cause then look at, look at the history in the Bible. He raised up somebody else mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, it wasn't, I mean, I'm sure those people had okay lives, some of the other ones, and they probably did some good things, some bad things, but they may have missed an opportunity. Yeah. Today, if you hear his voice, mm. do not harden your heart. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we do. Yeah. So there is yes. a, a real uh, strong caution, <laughs> strong warning caution. <Yeah. laughs> that we cannot play around with the call of God. It's either, it's a call that we respond to. It's a call that we yield to. It's not a call that I decide 
when I will and will not. I mean, I can. I can try to decide that. Like, well, I will and will not step into that. But I cannot expect God's calling to be fulfilled on my timetable when I'm ready and be everything that I want it to be. Yes. And so, so this gets into uh, another scripture that we can talk about, and that's in out of Romans. Once again, Paul talking out of Romans 11, uh, 20, and he, or 29, he says that the gifts and callings of God, that they're irrevocable, right? In other words, he's not going to pull back his mm-hmm. calling, right? But you can get really stuck in a weird place there, too, yeah. if you think this is a guarantee, mm-hmm. like no problem. So I actually, I, I think I'd like to wrap things up, but I want to talk about this and either one of you where you, you know, want to speak into this or answer it and then close us out here. Mm -hmm. And that is your calling is yours. I'm just going to make these statements and just that I want you to think about it and comment on it. Your calling is yours. Only you can answer it and no one can take it from you. What do you think about that statement in light of Romans? Yeah, I think that's completely true because he said those whom he foreknew, he also predestined and called and justified. Yes. Um, in that context, he's like those whom he foreknew, mm-hmm. individuals. There's a call that comes to you. Mm-hmm. Obviously, somebody else can't answer that. Right. You, it's up to you to, to respond to it. And the whole breadth of Romans 8 through 11, it goes mm-hmm. from what seems like complete determinism, hyper-Calvinism. Right. God's done all this. Um, you know, he hated... Esau, I love Jacob. You know, it's not there are no alternatives. Not dependent right? on it's not yeah. depending dependent on human will. Right. Literally says that. I have no but say then, in this matter. <laughs> but then in Romans ten, it says, "Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved." Mm-hmm. How are they going to hear unless someone preaches? How are they going to preach unless right. they're sent? And there's this whole active component and responsibility um, of people to follow that call that they're sent. Mm-hmm. They got to go. They got to preach. Their feet are beautiful when they do that. There's a reward for that. And then in 11, it talks about through that, chapter 11, through that, people are grafted into Israel. Mm. Some people are cut off because they don't receive the calling. And other branches are grafted in to replace them. Like Liz said, someone missed an opportunity and someone else was stuck in that place. That sounds like we need to fear the Lord. (laughs) It sounds Mm -hmm. like we need to know the kindness and the severity of God. Yeah. It sounds like we need to take him seriously. It sounds like all things are from him and through him and to him. Yet your gifts and callings are irrevocable. Yet the Lord's calling you. That's so good. So, yeah. I mean, try to hold that all in tension. Don't just say, well, it's automatic or, well, somebody took it from me or, oh, the devil, right. spiritual yes. warfare. Oh, oh, I'm just not smart enough. I haven't learned enough. Right. Don't make all those excuses. God has called you. He's chosen you. Show up to the banquet. Start eating that food. Start consuming that. Start loving the Lord. Start getting that house of grace. It's a yeah. it's a wonderful place to yeah. be. And then why don't you invite some other people off the highways and byways into there? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I would say uh, whatever the calling is, whatever He's called you to, He graces you for. Mm. So He gives you the ability to do it. Yeah. And um, whether or not you think you do or not, it doesn't matter. He graces you for it. He gives you the ability. So. Um, is not again. It's not for us to play around with. It's for us to say yes to and yield to, whatever that looks like, whatever the process looks like, wherever He has placed it, wherever He decides to place us, and that really mm. requires us to get our own will mm. out of the way, yeah. Yeah. and um, and just yield and trust and rest. And if that means 
you know, I want to, I got to get going here so that I don't miss opportunities, then do that. If you've already missed opportunities, guess what? Repent and get back on, <laughs> get back on the calling because right. the calling is still there. It's still there. So yeah. come back to it. It may not look the way it, 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 you thought it was going to. It may not look the way it should have been, but it's okay. That's, mm -hmm. a, that's the grace of God. Like step back, mm -hmm. whatever, wherever yeah. you are, step into it with all that you are. Mm -hmm. And you'll give yourself completely to it. You will never regret <laughs> giving yourself completely to the Lord. Hmm. What, what about if it's the 11th hour? And you wasted Guess it. Guess what? You get paid you waste the same. It for you get paid the same. <laughs> wow. What is that about? So don't make an excuse. I wasted my whole life. Right. Get out right. there. He'll probably pay you the same. He's such a gracious yes. God. Well, what I want to say as we kind of wrap this up, it's been a very interesting conversation, mm -hmm. by the way, to say the least. But like to the folks out there listening and what may be watching, um, don't give up. Mm -hmm. uh, God has a calling for you. It's his calling not yours. And that's what you really need to understand that it's he that does the calling, he that will bring it into fruition. It's not, uh, you just need to join with him. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do it instead or for him. And I really want to encourage, like we were just speaking that, um, if you feel like you missed along the way, this is a great day to turn back to God and go, you know what? I, yeah, all right. I missed some things, mm -hmm. but I'm stepping up to who you are and who you are in me. And so everything yeah. that I am and everything that I will be is actually wrapped up in you. It's yeah. not wrapped up in just my abilities and my That's knowledge right. and my understanding and my calling and my, my, my. It's actually in him that we have everything that we live, move, have our being. And so um, hmm, let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name. Father, we ask that you just move on people who might be listening today, Lord. That they be touched in heart, oh God, by your spirit today, Lord. To shake themselves loose, God, of any uh, previous failures or things that they feel like they can't achieve because they're too high, too far, too much. We pray, oh God, that your strong confidence would come into their hearts. That you'd strengthen, oh God, by your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, Lord, anoint, Father, your people today with power, Father. Father, anoint them with expectancy in you, O oh God, not just our own selves, Lord. So we commit ourselves into your hands. And Father, even the three of us here, Father, we, we look to our callings and we, Father, we're we just reignite those callings in our life, oh God. We re-engage them, even if we've been engaged, God, just like many out there been engaged. We pray, oh God, that you would strengthen and, and breathe into the calling, Father, even new life, oh God. Father, that Christ might be formed in us. Father, the hope of glory, Lord. So in Jesus' name, we just praise you and thank you for your faithfulness and what you'll do. And so we've ended a new time here. It's been great. Has been. Yeah, it's been good. God's good and God bless y'all. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to get the latest episode. And for more information, go to spiritschoolofministry.com.